Hey, Cast Chasers. So this is an Instagram Live episode with Beth Burrows, National Brand Ambassador for Beam Centauri. Probably heard her on our show before. This is a take on her expertise of the bourbon world specifically as we approach the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Let's start the show. Hey, y'all. This is Beth Burrows, American Whiskey Ambassador for the James B. Beam Distilling Company. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cast Chasers Podcast. Um, we are here with Beth. Um, as we all as we all know, the um, Kentucky Kentuckian Bourbon, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival is fast approaching. Yes, uh, we we will be we will be down there, Beth. I assume you will be down there as well. I will um, be here. This is going to be my and Bobby's first time. At the uh, at the festival, I you're know, not, you're not right? supposed to tell people that. It's we're old festival pros. Um, we've got we've, done a, this before. Oh, we've got a thing. We we have the with the you know the punch card for you know how many times you've attended. We've got one of those. It's almost full. So right. yeah, I mean it's it's we're we're old pros at it. Um, so I I am going I am going to point out that I am I am. Uh, drinking something tonight from the Beam Sun Toy line, and I so we we are in the process of moving sometime between now and thirty years from now, and um, so I've got a bunch of stuff in storage and like three to five boxes of whiskey. Um, so I stopped by storage because I I looked in my cabinet before I left the house today, and I was like, I don't really have a lot of good stuff. And I found unopened in storage, which I opened tonight. Some old you. tub. Look at me. Look at me. I just opened it tonight. I love this stuff. A lot of people are like, eh, it's okay. I love it. And price point, you can't beat it. And what I made out of it is I made a highball. Look at you. I know. I also have old tub. <laughs> I made an old fashioned though. So with cho- Aztec o- chocolate bitters. Nice. Fancy. That is fancy. Beth, you inspire me to make cocktails more often and better. Because I remember our original conversation was whiskey as a, as a, um, not only just by itself, but also, you know, it can be, your luggage can sometimes, or your accessory can be your cocktail. It's, she didn't make that up. I said that. And it's, yeah, no. It's <laughs> definitely um, so a you thing. Yeah, right. I was going to say, I don't remember, but um, sure. Cool. But that's how I took it. And so, <laughs> like a nice pair of earrings, sometimes you just need a nice cocktail with the whiskey to compliment. So that's what I've been doing lately. Also, it's hot. And I'm not the guy that can go out and drink a neat bourbon outside in 100-degree weather. I just can't. I, it, is, it, is, it is quite warm. Yeah. Um, that, and that's actually half the reason I made it into a highball is because of it's, uh, it's being a little, it's a little, it's a little dense out. It's very warm and thick. Yeah. It's hard. To, it's hard to talk about. Yeah. Let's stop for that laughter. Um, it's, uh, it's hard to talk about heat to somebody that lives in Kentucky first off. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause they have a different kind of heat, but Beth on the bourbon, Kentucky bourbon festival as a bourbon night, a bourbonista, a bourbon great. Um, tell us gently, ease us into this. You know what I mean? Like it's a class. It's sixth grade. Our parents signed off on it. It's okay to teach. <laughs> We're totally new. Teach us what it, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival is, what it means, what we should expect, which we should stay away from. 
are they teaching bourbon in sixth grade now? That's when it starts. It was a sex ed joke. I mean, it's Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> we don't have that in Kentucky. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that's a lot. There's there's a lot in there, right? For sure. And I think that that comes from the fact that it is such a a driving force for people to come to Kentucky, right? Like we bring we bring people to the heart of it all and get to showcase them everything that we have to offer from the multitude of distilleries that are here. And I, I say my biggest piece of advice and kind of cautionary tale is that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Right. So as you you go to the Kentucky bourbon festival, always make sure that you have a plan in action, making sure that you know how you're getting from point A to point B because there will be consumption in between (laughs) and making sure that you eat and drink water at, every opportunity because we we're just talking about Kentucky and the wonderful heat that we have here. It sneaks up on you, especially if you're tasting cast strength whiskey throughout the day. Um, I always make sure that you've got water on standby at all times and you have your next meal planned, which I feel like if you're in Kentucky, you should always have your next meal planned, yeah. whether it's Kentucky bourbon festival or not. Is it, is that not how people travel? I travel by like what food is next. So <laughs> is it appropriate to bring your own water and whiskey or should you just let it happen to you there? let it happen you let it happen you let the whiskey happen to you i mean obviously you can have your whiskey in your own spaces if you're gonna have it trunk whiskey um don't drive with it in your trunk but if you decide to go out into your own parking lot of wherever it might be um and and do that there i wouldn't do that at kentucky bourbon festival they have plenty of stuff there for you to try to sample to be a part of so no need to bring your own into that space um but I would say maybe have a, a refillable water container. I don't know what the water stations are going to look like or how that's going to be, but I would say it's never a bad idea to have, you know, even like a collapsible water container, right? So when it's gone, it's real slender and, and can go into a back pocket or whatever. I've got some of those from Amazon that are really easy to, to pack around. But yeah, I would say don't bring your own whiskey into Bourbon Festival, but bring a receptacle for water. What and what is it? What is something that would make us look like noobs, as my kids would call me? The noobs. Um, like what? What should I mean, we not be doing? It doesn't matter. It's a judgment-free zone, right? Like, so it shouldn't be like everyone should be excited if you are a new person coming into the space. Like, they should be excited to see you. Awesome. Yep. So it's not like a you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe. I mean, don't be an overzealous a-hole. Right? Like, don't come in and just kind of like all guns blazing, be able to take it in a bit, um, you know, and and have that opportunity to capitalize on the questions that you want to ask and the spaces that are relevant and appropriate to ask them in, Um, but also be be very gracious to the other people around you, right? And that's just kind of a blanketed statement. There's a lot of people with a lot of questions, and some of the folks who are going to be speaking are are only going to have a very limited amount of time. So think about your things ahead of time. If you know where you're going and who you're going to be speaking to, and if you have the opportunity for a Q and A, um, you know, make sure that you have the the most important questions that you want to have answered up top of mind, front of mind, but also give space for other people to to ask. Don't monopolize the time of the people who are giving their time to the festival because it is a very limited amount of time. Um, I hope that didn't sound hateful, but I just you no, know, no, no. I as I, you walk into the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking more like the movie Heather's or something like, or, or better, a better analogy would be my first day as a freshman in high school. I just didn't know if there was a group of other kids. 
ready to beat me up because I, you know, my backpack's stupid or something. You know what I mean? Because look, you sound professional and amazing, and we've this is our second time having you on. But we could go there, and you could just push me down and say, "Welcome to the Thunderdome" or something. I don't know what the. Oh God, I hope he does. Oh, that would be- <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do it now. I really feel like he just laid the groundwork. Um, Remember when Beth no, pushed me? I, I... <laughs> Listen, we're gonna make it memorable. All right. <laughs> no, I I don't think anybody's gonna come in and push you down and tell you your backpack's dumb. Good. Uh, Good. But- <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> just the sweat off that brow but no i i think that if you just come into it excited and ready to experience and learn and take full advantage of that and again like i said make sure that there's planning involved because i think that people don't quite realize when they come into it that it is a marathon out of the sprint and uh, i'm gonna keep saying that because it's like needs to get ingrained in people's minds that this is gonna be a a great time yeah. and a place to have so much fun, but also make sure that that's responsible fun because we want to make sure that you can come back next year, right? There, so don't get kicked out or do anything For bad. the listeners, because <laughs> this will be a podcast, for the listeners, there are people in the comments saying, Beth, knock him out and and so forth. So um, I didn't know we had that kind of listenership, but apparently... That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm the villain, Listen. I guess. <laughs> I don't... I mean, I... I... I I, I can see where where they're coming from, though. Wanting you to be knocked out every once in a while. I I, I feel I feel that in my in my soul. So 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 Beth. Um, so real quick before Aaron, yeah. before you jump into that, I have one more question about the festival. And then I want Aaron to kind of because I'm a bogarter. I made that up. Um, one more question. One more question. At the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. At the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. You're there. You're enjoying. You're taking pictures. And you're doing everything you're supposed to do. What is too drunk? Like what is? Because it's we're not talking a beer garden. We're talking whiskey. Oh yeah, good point. And I don't know. You've yeah. recorded with us before, so you understand the complexity of too drunk. What is like? Is there somebody there to tell you a, a friendly tap on the shoulder that says, "Hey, you've had enough bourbon no, festival"? No, because we're all adults. Well, you say that. Say. Okay, okay. So <laughs> no answer. If you're not an adult, you shouldn't be at Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Well, we're all adults, and I think that okay. everybody knows their limits. You're going to be out in public. You're going to be with other people. You're mm-hmm. going to be in a space where you have really immense opportunities to meet and greet and talk to yeah. and experience and, and get all of the questions or, you know, see the people that you want to see or, or whatever it might be. So, like, you have that opportunity. There's a time and a place for you to consume to the level of which you want to consume. Yeah. But I would say enjoy yourself, but do so responsibly. So I do heard so no limit. A... <laughs> no, you didn't hear That's no limit. That's what I heard. You're what hearing I heard. what you want <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You're no, uh, I, I think <laughs> I, ho- I, I hope people that are there, including ourselves, uh, I joke a lot, but you're there to experience this crap. I say it all the time, but you're there to experience a craft, an art, art form. Mm-hmm. And you don't go to the Louvre and just go, can I just take this home and rip? You don't go act an ass at a museum. Don't go act an ass there. If you're going to go and you're going to hang out with me or Beth or Aaron or anybody else that's cool and you're mean, we'll push you down because... We'll say welcome to Thunderdome. Welcome that's, to Thunderdome. You're too drunk. That's the precedent that's been set. <laughs> it actually uh, says that on a sign coming into the Bourbon Festival. Welcome, welcome to Thunderdome. Thunder We're like, oh, crap. <laughs> There are also people there to maintain crowds. So oh, um, there will be people yeah. of the, the professional police persuasion and, yeah. and things like that. So 
there there is a presence to make sure that people act right, but self govern, right? I feel be like that's the, the most important piece. Be a grown up. Yeah. Show up with a with your appropriate amount of whiskey drinking pants on. Uh not just your whiskey drinking pants, but the appropriate amount. The, the, the pants that you put on that you know are going to make sure that you maintain them. For, for me, I feel I like that, the, on a the, that would be like ca- <laughs> your, 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 the appropriate amount of whiskey drinking pants. <laughs> the appropriate amount of whiskey drinking pants that you have on at that time that you should be. And then dash. Right. I, feel like, I feel like my appropriate amount would be akin to like a Capri as far as like the, the side of the pants. Okay. Like a little more than shorts, but I'm not, I'm not full like jeans or slacks. Like that's, that's. That, that's heavy hitting. I'm more of a kilt. Did I we think. just come up with a leveling system? Yeah. I think we did. I, I think we yeah. did. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm sweatpants. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. But so, so Beth, while we're out there, we're going to be filming. And um, I've heard. Yeah. We're, we're hoping to do. We don't know what we're going to do with the, with the audio yet. We have a, our camera guy sent a list of equipment. And I was like, well, what are you bringing? Because uh, we're, we're doing some festivals and some secret stuff that will come out later. So some of these people are asking about um, the equipment and lighting, which I have a question for you about that real quick. Well, I'll get on that in a minute. Okay. I found interesting. But anyway, so he sends us his list of, of, of equipment, and it's like 16 pages long of different errors, right. right? It was just like... Yeah, I was like, I was like, I recognize the word microphone. Yeah, like, I recognize. Right. <laughs> oh my god, it's a lot of letters and numbers and. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so he's taking it really seriously. So we'll see where it goes. But a question I have for you, because you are a bourbon expert and one of my go-to's, I can't tell how many times, listeners, I harass Beth with whiskey questions, cocktail. The poor thing on, you know, I, I, she has a, I have a direct line to her, which that was her first mistake. <laughs> And I'm always like, hey, Beth. And anytime ever anybody ever asks me something, I'm like, I got a pro. So we were told with lighting, when we're in a distillery, um, we have to be very careful to bring certain kind of lighting. I assume that's because of the yeast. I, can you do, you do you know what that may be? Because no one went into that. But I'm assuming it has something to do with, which I found kind of cool. Uh, but I think we could only bring LED or we couldn't bring LED or something to that degree. I assumed it- so. A lot of time, it, it just it has to do with each distillery and what they're comfortable with and what they want to do. Um, but the equipment that's being brought into those spaces, you know, you're adjusting the way that that space interacts with the liquid, whether it be in the fermentation process, and maybe somebody's going to open up a fermenter, and and there could be some sort of adverse reaction to flash photography for certain instance. I'm not quite sure because it depends person to person and how the the things are set up, but. Um, I know that when we have photographed in like warehouses prior, everything like you can't plug anything in. Everything has to be, you know, very approved by the, yeah. the right people. But also just it's very strategic about what you're allowed to utilize in there because you don't want to change um, the makeup of the air and space around what is living there. Right. Which would be your your whiskey. So I, I feel like we've all been to a brewery and can all. I love my brewery folks, but anybody can open a brewery. But um, whiskey is—it's a laboratory. So you really—I mean—that's yeah. that's what's neat about. It. If you ever, if you ever get a chance, go go to a distillery. It's a different world, and the mad scientist. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So we don't want to blow anything up or kill any yeast or whatever. So we we will record and light with great um, respect. I guess is is where I wanted to go with that. But I, I thought that was interesting. But I don't know where I was going yeah, with anything I mean, else. So, Aaron, back to you. 
Haida, how would you pronounce this? G-L-E-N-A-L-L-A-C-H-I-E. <laughs> I pronounce that delicious. Or Glenallachy. Okay. Right. Single malt scotch whiskey from Speyside. Okay. The distillery's been around since 1967, but only available as a single malt since 2018. Uh-huh. And the whiskeys are designed by Billy Walker. What? Yeah. Talk to me more. Yeah, I know, because you you have no idea who Billy Walker is. No. But the Cast Chasers podcast fan base do. Okay. He was the gentleman behind Glendronach Distillery, Ben Ria, Glenglassa. I should be excited right you now. You should be. If you're a whiskey fan, you should be super excited. Okay. Big, fruity, heavy, sherried whiskeys, just oh. glorious stuff. Okay. Yep, Glenallachy. That's okay. how you pronounce it. Okay, Glenallachy. Right. Glenallachy. Okay. Impex Beverages. Yes. Guess what we are? Uh, I don't know. Proud sponsors of the Cast Chasers podcast. Right. Yes. As a general, as a general overview, just as like a little caveat to that, as a general overview, never bring something to the distillery that you haven't gotten approved first. I mean, if it's a water bottle or something like that, obviously, if you're on a tour, um, especially in places in Kentucky where it gets really, really hot in the summer, totally understand that. Also, make sure that that's okay with the tour guide before you do go out on tour. But you know. Every campus is a smoke-free campus, and that includes e-cigs. Every campus, you know, is mm. going to have their own rules and regulations. You're not allowed to have a drone on campus. Um, mm. You know, things like that, uh, and things that need to be specially approved. They need to be done months ahead of time because you have to you have to work with everyone in the distillery. It's not just the people who are operating the tour path. It's also the people who are operating the, the actual operations down in the physical distillery. And um, you don't know what's in the ground or around in the air. And, you know, if you maybe put a drone up and, and you hit a line and then you catch something on fire and now you're on a distillery and you started a fire, you know what I mean? Like things like that. There's a million things that can go yeah. wrong. So I, I always I always want to caution people. Don't just assume that it's OK um, to, to do it at the distillery. It does not hurt to call ahead and ask. Um, everybody is very, very friendly. You're going to get somebody on the front line, whether it be at our distillery or someone else's distillery, uh, who's going to be able to walk you through. Yes, no, maybe. Um, or let me get that answer for you. Type you, of situation. you don't so, want to, you don't, you don't want to be that <laughs> distillery's heaven Hill early nineties. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to be <laughs> heaven Hill is not a repeat thing that we want to do. Yeah, it's we just, don't, uh, we don't want to do that. So careful. So I'm reading you loud and clear. All right, I'm, uh, that's not for you. That's for everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's not for you. That's Uh, for you. Well, they did ask me if I had a handler, and I was like, "No, why? What? What's that mean?" So, are you all each other's handler? Because that's even scary. Oh my god! No, we have wives, and they they make sure you do. You have two amazing. We do. We're in the background at all times, going, "Shut up! Stop doing the thing you're doing." That's that's most of what they say is "shut up." Yeah, for for almost the the entire um the entire time um ooh, uh so we we we, we actually we uh, actually do have a question popping up here when we do stuff live I, i'm always like oh yeah people are saying things and asking things <laughs> people want to know things that's right so uh our, our good friend mick glencairn bourbon has asked um beth can you speak on your experience with down one bourbon bar the highs the learning moments etc Ooh. For sure. So, um, you know, my my journey has been in hospitality for a very long time. But in 2012, I was hired at Down One Bourbon Bar as a server. Um, I knew one of the the managers was hiring. I had gotten out of the industry for a moment. I was doing business liability insurance, um, not 
my jam. No offense to anybody else. super awesome. Listen, uh, no, no offense to anybody else who does business liability insurance, but not for me. Um, and I wanted to get back in hospitality. I miss being with people. I miss uh, really having that, that one-on-one experience where I got to host people and, and all of those things. And they were opening this really amazing spot downtown and all they had left were serving positions. And I was like, I don't care. I want it. Let's go. Um, and from day one, when I got hired in 2012, we opened our doors February 25th of 2013. Um, I got to experience things that I never knew existed uh, in the bourbon world. You know, I had been a sling and ring bartender prior to this. I had done some stuff um, in, in different dining occasions, you know, from your neighborhood bars across. But I had never really been deeply submersed in into the bourbon world. And so like a kid in school, I had a binder. I kept everything. I was taking notes. I had like I got made fun of on the regular because of how much I would like bring to these sessions and the questions I would ask and, and everything. It was all good fun and just but you know, I was so interested and there was so much that I wanted to learn. And so I had this opportunity on the front lines of being hired by by this amazing bar to do that. And then that kind of worked its way through me getting behind the bar again and and working my hands in craft cocktails which was kind of my first experience there being a competition mixologist which is such a weird word to say and so i I love it when you say it though it's my (laughs) it's my favorite thing the (laughs) first time you said that the like on the first uh podcast that we had you on i was like "Um, what tell me all about that no it's like there's no other words to use. beth own it because it's amazing first off but and here's what i want you to think (laughs) consider this and i'll let you finish you never hear an anesthesiologist go I'm an anesthesiologist. I know it's pretentious, blah, blah, blah. But basically what I do is you don't hear that. So own it. You're you're a mixologist. It's amazing. You're more than that, but that's one of your gifts. And I'll I drink your mixes, so <laughs> it's just a weird thing to say. Like there's because you're a bartender, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to me, I'm a bartender. But if I'm trying to explain what I was doing, like when you hear bartender, sometimes people have specific uh, connotations with what that means. Um, so when I say like competition, like, but I was in a lot of local competitions. So I had my opportunities to compete against and with some of the most amazing talents coming out of Louisville, Lexington, Kentucky as a whole. Um, and, you know, some of the surrounding spaces, but that op- like that opened up so many opportunities for me, you know, having my ability to get my cocktails on our menu at that bar, um, being able to become a, a bar manager into an assistant general manager and then eventually taking over uh, the general manager title. So it took me about three years to move from server to GM. Um, you know, having that opportunity to bring other people up and show them how excited I was to do these things and, and kindle that kind of you know fire in, in other people who wanted to do the same thing and, and take off through the the bartending world or the bourbon world or, or whatever it might be the bourbon bartending world, right? All of these spaces where people are wanting to thrive. And so um, I would say it was a lot. Um, at that point in time, let's see, I've owned Bean for six years. I'm 35, so 29 when I was general manager, 26 when I actually got hired. Um, you know, figuring out what it is that I wanted to do with my life and, and how this could actually manifest itself into something different. Uh, being the general manager of three entities, so not only was it the bourbon bar and restaurant, it was a delicatessen and an ice cream shop. So having the opportunity to uh, rewrite the delicatessen and do some cool things and being a native you know yankee i was like yes i get to make sandwiches i love sandwiches by the way um so you know (laughs) i'm bringing like the beef on wick to kentucky like hey guys you've never seen this before um and they're like what are you doing but you know it it was fun it was a learning experience and then having that ice cream shop 
which was just another level of being able to, to play in the community of bourbon. So I had some master distillers that would come and sit with me and we would craft ice cream with their whiskeys. And we had a, a oh. mom and pop shop here in Louisville that would do nitrogen frozen ice cream so we could actually maintain consistency while utilizing the actual liquid in, in the ice cream. Obviously not a whole bunch, but enough where that flavor profile was coming through. So getting to sit with Bill Samuels, uh, Rob Samuels on two separate occasions. We did one with Makers, one with Makers 46. Um, I got to spend time with Dave Pickerel. We created one. So, you know, that was a really cool experience. Um, just to talk to them about their flavor profiles of the whiskey that they were, you know, playing in the ice cream with and what they thought would best represent that and ice cream form, which is so random and so weird, but like such a cool experience that I will never forget. You know, I got to photograph uh, Bill Samuels Jr. eating that ice cream. That's which incredible. Super cool, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's those little things. So when you talk about like, what did it do? It, it opened up my entire life uh, without Down One Bourbon Bar and the experiences that I had there and the experiences of, you know, the people that I met going to Camp Run Up, going to Portland Cocktail Week, um, you know, in continuing to just grow that network of people in this industry, whether it be bourbon industry as a whole or, you know, the bartending industry and hospitality, like that just, it, it catapulted everything that I was able to do. And had I not been put in that space, had I not been encouraged to uh, go to Camp Run Amok, had I not done, you know, any of those things, I would have not had the opportunities that I had. So um, super, super lucky that I existed. Now, learning points, there were so many. <laughs> I had an amazing mentor and the general manager that uh, I was under when I got hired. You know, he believed in me. He also wouldn't call bullshit when bullshit needed to be called. And, you know, taught me a lot at, at 26, 27 years old about the corporate world and how to carry myself through that so that people respected me, but also wanted to work with me, but also, you know, that I was showing up in those spaces as honest as I possibly could. So that's a very long winded answer, but I am Perfect. super passionate about the fact that, you know, had I not taken a chance and, and said, you know, I really want to come back into the industry of hospitality and done that with down one and done that with the guidance of uh, Christian Hadamer was his name. I don't know if he's on Insta or anything anymore, but Christian changed my life. Um, <laughs> and has been an amazing influence. We don't really have any contact anymore. We, we've lost touch, but um, you know, having those opportunities and, and having that encouragement, but also having people to call me on my my BS which is always incredibly important people that uplift you, but also hold you accountable. So I love that. I love that. And I love that you don't see yourself as one of those people that are mentoring tons of people. I mean, you know, you are, but including us tier people often ask us, people <laughs> just ask one. Aaron, people, just, just one. one. People ask Aaron and I all the time, how can you have an entire, because you, you're in the making, the selling, you're in the industry. And although we're on the media side, we, we say we're in the industry, my industry, friends, things like that. Um, but people ask us all the time, how can you make an entire show around whiskey? And I will now from here on out say, do you like whiskey? Yes. Do you like ice cream? Yes. Boy, do I have a show for you. <laughs> And I think that's, that's right. That, <laughs> that encompasses, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, well, there's sweet. There's so many factors. Uh, like, that's honestly. Such a silly, it's not a silly question. No questions are silly. But yeah. like, that's, that's such a, there's so many answers that you can have to that question. Like, yeah, there's so yeah. many facets of the whiskey world 
It's you incredible. Talk cocktails, great. You want to talk about liquid? You want to talk science? You want to talk, you know, barrels and barrel science and wood science? Like, how nerdy do you want to get? All right. So that's part one of our conversation with Beth Burrows. Stay tuned next week when we finish up the conversation and learn a little bit more about whiskey and the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Also, we hope to see you there. If you see us, come find us, come talk to us. We'd love to hear about your bourbon story. Until then, it's not about finding the perfect tram. It's on the chase. <laughs>